My guest today is one of the all-time greats in Iowa high school history. This Charles City native became the first male to win the Iowa State 1600-meter title four years in a row. He also claimed three state 800 crowns and three state cross-country titles on his way to 14 championships uh, during his career in Iowa. He later went on to run at Liberty University, qualifying for the NCAA Division I Outdoor Track and Field Championships in the men's 1500. He is now the, man, the head men's and women's cross-country coach at Liberty in Lynchburg, Virginia. Welcome to the program, Isaac Winland. Hey, thanks so much, Lance. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, thank you so much for everything you're doing for Iowa Track and Field and keeping us all connected. And uh, it's guys like you that makes this sport so special. So I appreciate it. Well, thank you. Thank you for the kind words. Um, it is fantastic having you on the program. I didn't realize you were still out there in Virginia uh, at Liberty until I, uh, I looked up the Hostetler sisters and <laughs> where they were at. And I was like, oh, well, he recruited uh, both of them to come to Liberty. So. Yeah, yeah. Don't think I didn't pull the Iowa card a lot of times in the recruiting process. I did, for sure. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and yeah, it was awesome to have Marie on a visit and, uh, you know, we didn't expect Anna, um, for sure, but we were blessed to to get her uh, when she when Marie decided to commit, and Anna's, you know, they're they're close sisters, and yeah, that was just a, a blessing. So yeah, yeah, it's still out here though. Yep. Okay. Well, you've yeah, you went out to Liberty to run, um, maybe surprising a few people, and you just you just never left. What is it about uh, Lynchburg and the in that area in Virginia that uh, that you love so much? Yeah. Um, you know, I, it was funny when I came out here, uh, we didn't have a whole, they didn't have a whole lot. We had outdoor track, but I didn't have locker rooms or anything like that. Um, when I first mm -hmm. visited, so that official visit was, was different than some of the other visits, uh, you know, and, and definitely looking in state at Iowa, Iowa state, UNI, different things like that. And looking even in Minnesota, I wanted to, my, my girlfriend at the time, who's my wife, she was in, in Minneapolis at, at school. So I was thinking local, but yeah, I came out here. I flew out here. I did not think my mom actually said, Isaac, I think I found your school in Virginia because she was doing most of the recruiting for me to, to get me out here. Uh, and and I was like, Mom, I am not going to go to school in Virginia. Like, uh, that's too far away. And but I flew out here uh, and I did the visit. And what really drew me to Liberty University was I went to a Bible study with the guys and faith was such a huge part of my running. And I wanted to continue to grow in my faith and you really use the talents that God had given me in running um, to glorify him because I felt like it was a gift that had been given to me in my life. And so I went to the Bible study with the guys team and I just knew this was something different. This was more than running. This was a, a community. This is a great culture. And uh, yeah, and it sucked me in and uh, it was one of the best decisions I ever made to come out here and run for this program. And, and now I feel really blessed to continue to build that culture and to continue to recruit kids who are like, want to glorify God with their talents. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, un it's unique at this level. It, it is very unique. So it's fun. Yeah. Being a faith-based school, that, that's very important that, that mm -hmm. you have uh, athletes who uh, desire that. Is, that. is that kind of a prerequisite or is that just kind of something along the, along the way? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely along the way, you know, it's, it's important. You gotta, it's important to our culture. Um, but it's like, Hey, if you're willing to come here and grow, you know, you're going to, you're going to be surrounded by it. So we want to put you 
in a place that you're going to be comfortable. And, yeah. and we definitely don't hide that, you know, like, Hey, this is a Christian program. And so you're, you know, you're going to be inundated with a lot of Christian values and, and that's going to be the people you're around. If you're okay with that. And you think like, you know, even if you're not a Christian, Hey, it's like, if you want to still grow and learn more, man, we, we want you on this team because it's a great environment. Okay. And uh, you, you, you did get a bachelor's degree in pastoral leadership. Is yeah. that something you were going to go into originally or was that something you just kind of fell into? Yeah, it, it was kind of always at a young age. I, I um, was felt like called to being a pastor. And, 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 uh, and so I, when I started school, I actually started in kinesiology and was thinking that I'd do like PT or something like that once I graduated. And, uh, and really, um, yeah, like I said, faith is such a huge part of my life that I, God really spoke to my life and I felt like I wasn't doing what he wanted me to do at that time. And so I switched to pastoral leadership and, you know, Lance, that's what really kept me out here. I, I switched my degree and then I was a youth pastor for six years at a local church. Um, and, and if it wasn't for that, I don't think I would still be out in Virginia. I might be back in Iowa. And if I was back in Iowa, I don't think I'd be coaching this program right now. That really, that switch and God speaking that in my heart kept me out here so that yeah. I could lead this program. So it's kind of like looking back, I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew I was doing the right thing at the time. And now 2020 is always perfect, right? Like you yeah, at 20 looking back and you're like, Oh, okay, well that's why I made the switch. You know, like it all, it all worked out in the end. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, like you said, you were a youth pastor from 2012 to 2018 at Brook Hill church. Yep. Yeah. Um, in forest, uh, in forest, Virginia out there. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. So, but you were also coaching at the time. So you were still, you had your, um, you know, the, in, the running interest was still there. Um, I'm looking at the team you were with. It looks like you were with um, Jeff, Jefferson Forest yeah, um, and then, yeah. uh, uh, for five seasons. And then one season before then, Liberty Christian Academy. Yeah. So you were kind of assisting the cross-country track uh, team. So like I said, you were still in coaching you still had that uh, had that interest just molding young kids um was that kind of absolutely yeah yep it, it was it was uh i got to I, I was always around the sport i still uh ran with some of the guys on the liberty team um actually the guy who beat my 1500 record here uh colin schultz he's now running out in flagstaff um mm -hmm. i was still running with him um and and still training on, on my own a little bit post-college and, uh, and yeah, and, and just being around the sport, I think as a youth pastor, it was really important for me to be involved in the local high schools and running was something that I, I could use to do that. And, uh, and I was also connected with some really good coaches. I mean, Jefferson Forest, when I was in that program, it had a great tradition. Um, it's a great program. The girls team has always been good this last year. They actually won their first men's state title, uh, as a team. And Kobe Delbini is the, is the head coach there. He's been the head coach there for a while now. And he's just, it, you know, you, you can learn from any coach. And that's what I think is cool. Whether it's Division One high school, every coach you can learn from. And so uh, even while I think being a youth pastor trained me so well to be a coach because I learned how to deal with kids. I learned how to deal with parents. I learned how to, you know, disciple them, go through hard things. And that's so much of coaching, right? Like it's, it's, yeah. yeah, training is so important, but like, Hey, how do we overcome obstacles in our lives? How do we, you know, and that's, that's the job of a youth pastor is mentoring and discipling young kids and, and talking to parents, you know? And so uh, that, 
I don't think I could have had a job better that, to train me to be a coach than being a youth pastor for six years. Um, and I was actually a district youth president. So I actually had to be in charge of planning camps and planning uh, travel to and from place of 120 kids and stuff like that. And so like it really <laughs> stepping into coaching was, was a huge blessing because I was like, wow, that actually trained me really well for this position and, and dealing with hard things with that athletes come up with. And, um, and so, yeah, well, those, yeah. those two well, yeah, things worked well. Well, yeah. Teenagers have a lot of pressures now uh, Absolutely. Between, between all the things that you, that you see, um, peer pressure, all that kind of stuff. Um, you, you, I'm sure you, you, uh, saw that and you also had a chance to uh have, a, have, have an influence on them as well mm -hmm. yep yep absolutely so that was that was such a such a blessing in my life and uh yeah those years um i i always like to say like youth pastor taught me how to to deal with uh, the ins and outs of a day and, and really structure things because as a youth pastor you don't have a lot of people looking over your shoulder it's just you're building your culture you're building your youth group and so i got to do that coaching has taught me a ton about prayer. There's just a lot of things I can't control and I have to trust God in a lot of things and I do everything I can, but man, I'm praying for my athletes all the time. And so it's, you think it would be reversed, but that's kind of the way it has been in coaching. So, yeah. What's the toughest um, situation you've had with an athlete as far as uh, health or, or something like that? You, you talk, you talk about praying for your athletes. What's kind of been your, uh, been been in the toughest one where you've been praying for somebody uh because of they have a family member who's ill or what or whatever what's what's been the toughest uh yeah had? yeah i mean um, high school or college yeah yeah we've had um i think just having kids lose family members like has been has been a big one you know and uh and especially you know um and just walking them through that i've my dad was a huge instrumental part in my life and running and everything like that. And uh, actually about, I think about three years ago, I lost him um, mm -hmm. to cancer. And so, you know, it's those experiences that I can lean on. Um, but going stuff like that of, of a death of a family member um, is, I think is just really, really tough. And um, especially when they're away and at college and, they, you know, like they, they go home and, and then you go home for Christmas and it's just different, right? Like you're, there's an empty seat now and it's just, you know, it's, it's, so that's, that's, I think that's probably the toughest stuff. Um, you know, the injuries and the different things like that, those are always things that we can work through and running. You're always going to have ups and downs and, um, that that's the big picture of walking through those things on a daily basis. But yeah, every now and then you have some big stuff that comes up and yeah, just really being there and listening is, is so important and, and crying with them, you know, like, and, and like hearing them is just like, that's, that's the biggest thing. And, and the toughest thing is that I feel like we're, we've walked through, I think COVID is overall a really tough thing that we're all walking through as coaches um, and managing that and, and kids mental health throughout this time is, is crucial. Um, and, and so just like balancing that has, has been, uh, interesting to do as a coach and, and that's been you know most of my now it's almost most of my coaching experience is dealing with COVID and protocol right. and different things like that so right but, did you yeah. did you uh return to Liberty as an assistant uh, track and field coach cross country in January of 2019 how did that all come about uh was there an opening that came up did the yeah um 
was the head coach uh, Lance Bingham? Was he the director then? Was he so? Yeah, so Coach Tolsma was actually the coach at at that time. Um, okay, and, and I was I actually was with Coach Bingham when I was here as well. So Coach Tolsma and Coach Bingham worked uh, hand in hand um, when I was an athlete, and then Coach Bingham went to ACU, Abilene Christian, and Coach Tolsma um, was uh, just was over the program, and. Well, my experience at Liberty, I had three different coaches over my five years here. And, and the distance side of the program was kind of like a revolving door for coaches for a while. And, and I actually called up some of the few coaches that had left before just to be like, hey, what's going on? Like, why have you left? And, and trying to figure out like, hey, is this a program problem or is this, a, is this just different? Everybody's in a different stage in their life. And I was happy to find out that it was mostly a different stage. Like, it's like, Oh, you know, I was getting married. Oh, I was focusing on my professional running career, you know, and, um, and all these different things. So I was happy to hear that. And so I, uh, but yeah, it just, it opened up. And one of the, the big things for me is, you know, I had, I had three different coaches while I was an athlete. I, every single one I, I loved, I, they were great coaches for me at the time, but I wish I would have had, you know, one coach to pour into my life over that period. And, and so I kind of stepped in and, and, and talked to coach Tolzman and I was just like, Hey, this is too good of a program for us to have not, no consistency. We'll never build You'll never build. I don't care if you get the best coach in the nation. If he stays for a year, it's not going to help the program. You know, like you got to have consistency to build a program. So that's really how I stepped into it. I was just like, Hey, I, I love this program. Uh, it changed my life. And I want to be that coach to change other kids' lives and to take them to nationals and to teach them how to run for God's glory and to have them pursue the, the highest level of NCAA division one athletics and, and do it for God. And so, yeah, that was my, that was my goal. That was my focus. And it was really just right time, right place. Um, and it was perfect for me too, because I had been a youth pastor for six years and anything I did, I wanted to do with consistency. So, you know, a normal youth pastor is a youth pastor for a year and a half and then they leave and on to the next thing. I wanted to be a youth pastor for six years because I wanted to have one group to have one youth pastor from sixth grade to 12th grade, because that's how you're going to change your life, right? Like consistency is, gonna, right. is how you change your life. And that's really what I want to do in this program. And so, um, you know, I don't think I was coming in with like, yeah, all these I was a great runner on the team. They, they respected my character. They knew my, the vision was going to be carried out, but yeah, I wasn't like had all this division one coaching experience, but what I did have was a true heart for, for developing Christian athletes. And, um, and so, yeah, I walked into it and now it's, it's just a blessing because now I get to yeah help build this program and recruit other, other kids with that vision. Well, it helped during your first year uh, coaching as an assistant on track and field that you had two guys who earned All-American honors, Felix yeah. Canty and Azaria Kerwa uh, yeah. at the NCAA Outdoors. Uh, that, that certainly helped you. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> those were your distance guys, and, and they yeah. came through. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you take any credit for them, or, 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 or were they so talented that uh, – yeah, I mean, we worked on stuff. You know, we definitely, you know, the we we worked hard. And um, yep. Azariah, uh, he he was a guy the year before. He got 13th at regionals in two events, and so missed nationals in two events in the 10k and 5k. And so I knew he had the talent, but we worked on speed. You know, what is it? You, you can get there, but if you don't have a kick, you, it doesn't matter. You know, like you can be top 10, but if 
you don't have a kick, you're going to get blown by at, at regionals. And so we really started to work on some of those things and fine tune. And yeah, I mean, and also just a lot of prayer, right? Like I, as a coach and as an athlete, I don't want to take all the credit because I mean, I do, I, I'm just faithful with what I have. That's what my goal is. And what comes out of it is, is a blessing from God. And so those, those athletes, they put in the work, they did everything, but as a runner who, yeah, had 14 state titles, went to nationals, I know championship racing is just a whole nother thing. You, it just, you never know what the race is going to do. You can't control it. You got to be ready for anything on those days. And, uh, and so just really praying my athletes would be in the right place at the right time. And, uh, and they were, and they executed well and they raced really good. And yeah, as a ride, I went from like 29 twenties to 28 56 in the 10 K that year. And it was just awesome to see. So, um, yeah. And, and Felix, I mean, he's still running, he ran 832 in the steeplechase this year. He's still, he's still dropping time and he looks really good this fall. Like he's just, he's making this mental sh shift to be uh, one of the best guys in the nation. And it's, it's exciting to see. So I yeah. assume he's the number one runner then on the men's team. Yeah. So we actually have two really good guys. Uh, Ryan Drew is right there as well. Um, Felix was injured last cross country. And so he had an Achilles issue. And so we were careful with that. We still raced him, but we just kind of tempoed stuff um, because he already had a red shirt and we, you know, his degrees coming towards an end. So we didn't feel like we needed a red shirt. And that season was a COVID season anyway. So it wasn't going to count against him. So we, we raced him last year and, uh, and just kind of tempoed everything. And last year he was like our fourth guy, but um, and Ryan Drew was our number one, but this year Ryan and Felix both look great. I mean, Ryan's a 1354 5K or uh, 343 1500 runner. He can kind of do it all. Um, and so they're, we'll see. I'm excited to race them at Roy Griek uh, up in yeah. Minneapolis. Yep. So, we'll, yeah. Yep. Yep. So we'll see. I'll, we'll first see where this team's at. First time in 15 years that Liberty's going to the Griek. So that'll, yeah. that'll be exciting. Um, Nice hilly course for you to challenge the team. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, we love the hills. That's what we train on all the time out here. <laughs> and that's one thing that was different from Iowa. I remember running down my gravel road and just seeing the stop sign a mile away, you know, and just being like, all right, <laughs> this is my run. Yeah, exactly. Here it's hills, curves, trees. You don't you don't see nothing. So, uh, yeah, we're excited to go to Roy Griak and, and race up there. Yeah, like you said uh, at the start of the show, uh, your your women's uh, cross country team is is uh, certainly the the team that's a little higher up right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, coming off a really historic um, spring season, winning your first Atlantic Sun Conference team title, and then qualifying for NCAA's for the first time as a team. Um, you you were twenty sixth. Uh, that experience has to be uh, paying off big time. Um, you. Uh, nearly swept the top five spots at that Virginia tech meet you're mm -hmm. open. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. You just see these girls on, um, I think they're a little nervous coming into the season. Like, can we do it again? And, and everything like that. But we have really good veterans on this team with uh, Callie Doan, who's our captain, who just leads the leads the team so well. And, and they just ran that race at Virginia tech really smooth and, and confident and controlled. And in the beginning it was like, Oh man, we're, you know, we definitely didn't have the top five spots, but that they looked like a national level team because they were cool, composed, and they just ran their race and, and finished strong. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's exciting because it's like we're missing uh, a few pieces uh, right now, but this girl's team is just 
they just work together so well. They not a cutthroat program. They lift one another up uh, all the time. They're they're cheering one another on, and it's all about the team. So it's it's really cool cool to see them have success. And uh, off memory, uh, Anna was your number four or five runner uh, yep. at your first meet. Um, yep. She was like sixth, I want to say, that meet yep. six or seven. Yeah. Um, so um, she's uh, doing well. Was she injured last year? Because she wasn't on your NCAA uh, championships team. Yeah. Yeah. She was yeah. dealing. We never really got it pinned down, but she was dealing with some stuff where just really low energy at the at the end of races and and unable to kind of pinpoint that. Um, but this year, like, yeah, even in that first race, she she was <laughs> the smile at the end of that race on her will just okay. make you so happy as a coach, you know, at Virginia Tech. She just looked she felt she was back, you could tell. And uh, and she had control over the last K and she was able to push. And so, yeah, that was one of the highlights and makes us all really excited because, I mean, in the fall, let me tell you, Anna Hostetler, she is as good as anybody else on the team. Like when we were doing time trials and different things like that last fall, that COVID season, she was she was on the track and just really looking looking special. And so we know that on any given day, she's she's as she's as dangerous as anybody else on the team. And so um, it's exciting to see her start to move forward and and come back and gain that confidence back. And so. Yeah, she's a she's a huge piece on this team, and uh, to have her running what she's capable of is is just raises the the bar of our team so much more. Well, yeah, and she's had some success in the Atlantic Sun. Um, she was tenth um, on one year in the fifteen hundred. Um, so, and of course in Iowa, we know her. She was a seven time uh, state champion in yeah. track and field, and also a cross country champion as a junior. So, we know she's got a lot of ability. Uh, what happened at Iowa? Why did um, she uh, decide to transfer there? Was it just uh, not working out for her? Yeah, I think, you know, I think her and Marie are just so close that I think they were going to end up together no matter what, in all honesty. And so, um, and we took Marie out here on a visit and, and she loved it and she knew that we were going to, she was going to come. And then, yeah, we were, we were blessed and surprised to get Anna along with that. Um, and yeah, I don't, it's, I think, I think I was a, a strong program and everything like that, but I just think it was like, she, you know, they've always run together and that's always been their dream to run together. And you can tell okay. they're even out here, like they, they really love it and enjoy it. So I think, you know, Anna was the first one to blaze the trail. And unfortunately, um, you know, we didn't, I wasn't really recruiting the girls on, on that side. Um, and, and so uh, I didn't know about Anna at that time. And, what, all right, I got to tell you the story about how I heard about the Hostetlers. Have you even heard oh. this? This is going to make me sound like a terrible coach, but this is this oh. is just crazy. So I, I love stories. All right, all right, let me get into this because this is a this is a good story here. So um, I wasn't really re I wasn't recruiting on the girls' side uh, at that point. We had a transition on the girls' coach, and but. Um, I actually went home to Iowa and went to a church service in Floyd, Iowa. And um, my father-in-law has been a pastor there at a small, uh, like a, it's a small church, but it's a mega church in a little town. It's a town of 300 and there's like a hundred people in a church, right? So it's like a big church in a, in a small town. Uh, and in Northwest Iowa. Yep. No, yep. Right near Charles City. Floyd, Iowa is, I, I actually went to a small Christian school um, and dual enrolled to Charles City. 
and Ranton sports for them. But my education was at Lighthouse Academy, a small Christian private school, 30 kids from kindergarten to 12th grade while I was there. So a very small Christian school. Yeah. Uh, and, but uh, so I went, I was, went back home um, to, to visit and there was actually a group singing Sunday night at the church. Um, and I wish I could remember their names, but it starts with a B, but, uh, but they were singing and, uh, and they, when they got done, I had my Liberty track and field, you know, shirt on and they were talking, I was talking to them about like, Oh, so you're a coach and talking to them about running and different things like that. And I had not been keeping track of girls running cause I was, you know, first year and a half focused on the guys at that time. Um, and really trying to focus on recruiting the guys team and building that up. And this, this guy's like, Hey, like, well, we got these people in our town, the Hostetlers, their daughter, Marie, they, I mean, their family is so fast. Like you need to look into them. They're, they're so fast. You know, I always take that with a grain of salt with like people who are like, all right, like, are they really fast? You know, like, let me look them up on mile split, you know, cause fast is such a relative turn. They might run a 5k and, you know, and that might, legends, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That might make them fast, right. They might win their July 4th 5k race. And so, uh, so they gave me the names and I, I looked up uh, Marie and I was like, oh my goodness, this girl, it, this girl's fast. <laughs> like they are not kidding. They didn't know what they're talking about. And so they actually gave me Mark Hostetler's number um, to reach out. So I called Mark. I told him about Liberty. I gave him the pitch and everything like that. And then, uh, and then got hooked up with Marie, but it wasn't like, I mean, it's, it's just such a God story because if I hadn't gone to church that night, if I hadn't, you know, if that family hadn't talked to me, I don't know if I would have talked to Marie in all honesty. Like, I think it would have been too late past the point. Um, and, and I got her name, got their numbers all because that family was there and we were, we were talking and then, um, yeah. And then called her and, and talked to her about Liberty and, uh, and could tell like this was a girl that would fit our culture and our program so well. And, uh, and the rest was kind of history there from once we got around an official visit, you know, it was just like, we knew that uh, we had a really good chance with a girl like that. And so, yeah. And that's how we got her, got Marie out here. It was like, I wasn't like looking at all these Iowa stats. Like I didn't even know at, at that time because I was just really uh, disconnected at that point, which I'll never do again. <laughs> cause it, it was kind of like full circle for me. Cause as a, as a, Iowan athlete I didn't know anything about Liberty but they they reached out and and I honestly I would get letters from Liberty and I would just throw it in the garbage because like I was getting letters from like everybody at that time you know and I had a full I had full ride offers on the table that I could have jumped at if I wanted to um and so if I didn't know you I didn't really look at you um but it was because the coach lined up an official visit kept after it and was really talking to my mom about it and I was like, you know what? I've never been out to Virginia. I'll fly out there. I'll check it out. And, and it hooked me. And I was so blessed to give a Marie that same opportunity. Um, and it was like, hey, this is, that's exactly what I got into coaching, to bring kids who didn't know about this program as much, let have them look at it. And really, if they buy into the vision and they fly out here and they check it out, like normally it's, it kind of blows them away once they get out here and they see like, oh, this is, this is the real deal. So, 
yeah, so that's that's how we got the hostel. That's how I got Marie even out here in the beginning. I, that makes me sound like a terrible coach, <laughs> like <laughs> on it all the time. But uh, but that's like honestly, like God can do so much more than I can do as a coach, and I I have to lean on that and trust that. And where I miss stuff, he like if I'm praying and and seeking Him, He can fill in the the gap so many times, and He does in in coaching. So that's a blessing. Well, it was fate that you were wearing that liberty. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was. Uh, was that was smart on your part? So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. Uh, did it help that um, they were homeschooled and you, um, you, you know, you didn't go to Charles City High School and and they didn't go to Mid Prairie. They they went a different direction rather than the traditional. You know, mm. go to the city high school. Um, yeah. That yeah yeah it definitely um i think the biggest thing that helped was that uh that they knew number one that i i was from iowa and i was now in virginia and it's okay you know like they they can do okay. that <laughs> like it's it is far away from home but it'll be a blessing um and so and kind of just like you know the yeah the not traditional path like our stories were very similar um in, in a lot of different right. ways in our running careers in iowa and 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 how they use their talents to really glorify God and stuff like that. And uh, how they, you know, I watched a, a few interviews of Marie on mile split and before I even called her and I just knew like, all right, this is a girl that would succeed in our program and, uh, and have a lot of success here and would love it here at the same time. So, um, so yeah, and it was really just bridging that gap and yeah, talking to him about um, our program and, yeah, we also have a GA, uh, Mark Fairley, who's from Iowa. So, like I said, I was pulling those Iowa cards as much as I could. <laughs> like that, because I love, you know, Iowa track and field is so special. And, uh, and, and so I try to use those connections. You know, Mike J, like, yeah, Mike, and, you know, all those different things was like all, uh, yeah, we we're, we're using them. That's for sure. Okay. So you're definitely mining the, uh, the, the the state for some of the talent then absolutely yeah yeah for job. sure yeah yeah there and, is a lot uh, of talent in this state so there is yeah, yeah. there absolutely is and and they do so well at the next level too and so yeah uh, you'd be foolish not to uh, absolutely success of, of people like chris schweizer and, absolutely. and shelby Houlihan. absolutely um, now marie was the number six runner for you at the ncaa championships um, she finished 215th overall, but she didn't run for you at Virginia Tech. She wasn't on your varsity. What's uh, what's the situation with her now? Yeah, so we're just uh, having people come back from COVID protocol right now, and so she was. Uh, that's why she oh, missed that. She missed that. Back. Yep she she's she's back and and running and everything like that. But um, yeah, that's just part of uh, part of those issues is yeah. COVID protocol, direct contacts, you know, contacts and everything like that and trying to keep everybody healthy. Um, and so, yeah, so that's the only reason she missed, she missed that race. Nothing, okay. nothing else. Um, she's uh, Roy Grit. Yep. You'll she's see her at Griac. She's one of your top seven. Then, yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. She'll be at Roy Griac and she'll be okay. racing out there. And so, yeah, we're, we're happy even like, and that's one thing too, is like, I'm, I love, getting back towards the Midwest because I think that's important with, you know, we, with recruits, we, we recruit nationwide absolutely because our vision allows us to, you know, kids that get attracted to this vision. We want to give them a chance to be here, but it's nice to get back. Yeah. To the Midwest and, and different things. Like I, I remember they took me back to Drake relays one time to run a, 
not the, my best 800, but I ran an 800 uh, at Drake Relays. And so yeah. uh, it's, it's a blessing to be a part of a program that will do that for kids. I saw that on your bio that you came back to run at Drake. Uh, how, how fantastic was that? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, it was great. I mean, it's just, I, it was a pr- privilege that, uh, like I said, that the coaches would do that for me, I think is such a blessing. Uh, I wish I would have ran faster. It was just great to be a part of that atmosphere again. And, uh, and man, I just, uh, I don't, I can't remember what I, what I ran, but it was like, I just, I just remember it was such a blessing to be back and to hear Mike J announcing and stuff like that. And, you know, you just want to do Iowa proud when you get back and you want to do your, your school proud and represent both really well. So, but it's, it's great to be back. Well, you had an excellent career at Liberty. Uh, like you said, you had the number two time uh, for uh, outdoor 1500, 343. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's getting, getting out there and moving. And you were a seven time all uh, big South performer. So, uh, how would you characterize your career there um, at Liberty? Um, yeah, uh, you know, I would I would characterize it as um, let me think. Uh, yeah, I would characterize it as probably just a blessing. In all honesty, it was uh, like I said, having three different coaches, and it was ups and and downs in that. But I always like remained confident that this is where God had me, and uh, and everyone just every coach spoke something different into my life and they were intentional with me while I was here. And, uh, yeah. And, and just really chipping away one year after the other and, and believing that, uh, I think the biggest thing that happened in my career, um, at Liberty is at that time, you know, we had, we had Josh McDougall as a national champion. I was with Sam Chalanga on the team a little bit, you know, a, multiple national champion NCAA 10k record holder actually Sam gave me my best compliment I've ever had as a runner he we were doing a workout together we were maybe doing like 400s and 200s so this is a workout that was like much more in my wheelhouse you know like I could crank out some 200s and and uh we were doing something and he comes up to me after the workout and he goes Isaac man if you had my endurance and I (laughs) and I had your speed we would be unstoppable. (laughs) You know, that's a sub four miler saying that to me, like that dude's he's good enough, (laughs) you know, 2708, you know, just, I was like, Sam, I really appreciate that, man. Like I I really, (laughs) that means a lot. Um, And so, but for me, the, the biggest shift that I had as, as an athlete was when I would toe the line, you know, you'd see, you'd see these power five programs. You would see, um, uh, whether that's Duke or UNC or, uh, you know, even in Iowa or in Oregon and different things like that. And you toe the line and you, you, sometimes you could be definitely intimidated by them. Um, and what really shifted in, in my mind was going back to my high school career and being like, listen, no, I bet you nobody else out here is a 14 time state champion, you know, like, yeah. why are you? And I, it just is like, I was amazed by how much I judged people by what they, by what they wore and not what they could do. And then I, it really changed my mind and be like, Hey, listen, Isaac, like, it's not about the uniform that you wear is like, it's about who you are when you toe that line and the confidence that you have. And it's like, Hey, and that's what I tell my guys every single day. And the girls is, uh, before races, like, Hey, when you toe that line, you tow it with faith and expectancy that you're going to do something big today. You know, you never doubt yourself um, because you train too hard and you've come too far to do that. And then, you know, I think that was rebuilding my college career was was so important to me because I had a lot of success in high school, 
but I, I really needed to rebuild in college to get to that top level. You know, you start at the bottom again and you work your way up. But in high school, you know, I kind of started at the top and just I had to maintain that the rest of the time in college. I started at the bottom and I had to work up. And so that was like a new perspective for me. Um, but um, that was like at the end, it was all a blessing because it, it worked out in the end so well. And it also helped me as a coach a ton to be like, all right, what are these kids going through? What's the process we can lead to? What's the biggest hurdle we're jumping? Most of the time, that's ourselves when it comes to race day and our mindset. Um, and so, so yeah, um, and to characterize it, it was just a blessing to, to work through those things and to have coaches help me in those areas and speak life and be like, and tell me, hey, you're one of the most talented kids. You know, like you can, you could beat anybody on any given day. You just got to believe in yourself. And once I started believing that, then start, stuff started to happen for me. No doubt. I can see why you're a head coach. That was, that, that was a great uh, comment that you made. Uh, I'm ready to run for you. That's that's great motivation. I mean, that's, uh, you know. Well, and in my high school career, you know, it's winning the mile my freshman year was one of the best, one of the, you know, it was a dream come true for me. It was one of my dreams to, you know, to win it my freshman year, to be a four-time state champion. Once I won it my freshman year, then it was a nightmare. Like all yeah, I could do, <laughs> right? <laughs> like I got to do it again and again and again. And the only person who could beat me was myself. And I will tell you, I almost beat myself so many times at mm. state. I, I mean, I, I towed that line with just fear and dreads uh, many times at the state meet because I was like, well, like everybody expects me to win. The only thing I can do to surprise them is lose. And so it's like, all right, how do I over overcome this? Uh, And, uh, and I'll, I mean, I had, if, if it wasn't for my mom praying up in the stands so many times, I don't think I would have won a couple of those races my junior year. I mean, I was like in dead last with almost two laps to go. And I am just, I'm, I'm not loving this race at all. I don't want to run that much. I'm, I'm kind of giving up mid race and like, well, this is it. Like, I'm not going to be not going to do this four years in a row. And, uh, another athlete, um, oh, where was John is John Stover. I don't know where he was running for at the time. Um, but John Stover, I'm in the back and John Stover is back there with me. And I don't know John Stover at all. Um, he ran for Wartburg. He was good friends with my brothers post uh, high school, but and that race, he looks, he leans over to me and I'm like at last place. And he, he says to me, mid-race, this is a person I don't know. He goes, Winlin, this is your race, man. You got to go. <laughs> right? Like, who does that? Like, if that's, not, if that's not like God using somebody in a moment to spur me on. And, and it was just, it was incredible. And so, and, and yeah, I went on to, you know, Scott Victor, he, he ran a great race. He should have won. I mean, he, he pushed it. He did everything he needed to do. Um, if it wasn't for John Stover was the reason Scott Vicker doesn't have a state title, blame it on him. <laughs> uh, but you know, it was just amazing. Uh, and, and so that's, that's so many times it's like, we have the talent, but, uh, but how do we tow that line? Do we tow that line of like with faith and expectancy? And and what I tell my guys is like, Hey, put God in a place to use you today. You know, don't let fear overcome what you could do today, because that's the only thing so many times that's going to hold you back. And because I experienced that multiple times at the state meet. Uh, and, and that's why 
every time I won a state title, I knew it was a gift. I mean, I was just like, man, like I would toe the line and be like, God, you do it because I don't, I right now, I don't know if I want to, you know, like, but if you want to use me, help me to be faithful and help me to do my best. And I know I was going to throw up afterwards, but, but yeah. And so, uh, and that's why I love being a coach because I love seeing kids overcome themselves and, and go beyond themselves and, uh, and reach to a higher potential. It's, it's so much of, you know, athletics and especially distance running is so much of dying to flesh. And, uh, and so that's so much of Christianity too, is like listening, not listening to those negative voices, but, pressing on um to a call that's greater than you and pushing yourself beyond yourself and so that's why liberty and distance running i think that's why we can be one of the best teams in the nation and uh because it's like it it gels so well with our vision um and it's not just about running it's about overcoming ourselves and we that's a discipline we need to learn as believers and it's a discipline that we can teach through distance running well i'm sure I'm sure Usain Bolt's had his doubts over the years too. I mean, Absolutely. I'm sure on him and he, and he was beaten, you know, yep. you know, he was beaten during his career. So, you know, yep. it happens to the best of everybody. So absolutely. Even Michael Jordan missed a free throw, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and how you bounce back from that is, is, is very important. It sounds like uh, talking to you, it sounds like maybe, uh, when Liberty won that uh, big South uh, championship in 2011 in cross country might've been one of your, maybe your career highlight, maybe just because you seem like a real team guy. Oh man. That was so huge for you. I, that was huge. I mean, and, and just seeing like coach Tolzma's face, like, I think that's probably a reason I got the job here too, because he knew I would rise to the occasion for the team, you know? And, uh, and that was, yeah, that was one of the highlights for sure. I, Every well, state title. Yeah. Oh yeah. Every state title I have. Yeah. 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 It was a, it was a big race for me as a, it was yeah. the only 8k where I felt like I was engaged the whole time and like actually racing the whole time. And it felt so good, but yeah, those team things are so much, uh, so special. I mean, that's every state title I have. Those individual ones are special, but I'll never forget winning, uh, the medley with Wes Offerman on the team, you know, whose brother was Greg Offerman and Greg was, you know, Drake relays, 400 meter hurdle champion. I mean, ran 50 point something in the intermediate 400 hurdles at the Pan Am games. I mean, just a, a, a monster of a runner. Um, yeah. and then I was on a relay team with Wes, I think my sophomore junior year and we won it. And that was Wes's first state title, you know, and just oh. watching him light up. It's like, you know, that was like, that was the, those were the best things, you know, leading a, t- one of my actually highlights of, of running is at our home meet Comet Relays running like a 456 mile, but pushing my other teammate to, to win it. And that's the only race he had ever won in his high school career was that one mile. And it was like, that's what it's about, you know, like, uh, not a, a doing this for other people. What's your glory fades, but your impact lasts forever, you know? So, and right. that's, that's, what's so special about, about being a coach, about being a, and doing a team sport. And you helped give him a career highlight. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He, he forever. I mean, exactly. Probably bonded by that forever. Absolutely. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. For sure. For sure. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a blessing. So yeah. Yeah. Those team things are, they mean so much more. I, I love cross country because I'm not, 
you know, I wasn't a cross country runner, but to build a culture on a cross country team is, is a dream come true. How big of a challenge was it? You were, you know, your, your, your wheelhouse was 800 and 1500. How big of a challenge was it for you to step up to 8k and, uh, God forbid a, a 10k. Yeah, yeah, God forbid a 10k. Absolutely. <laughs> Getting myself into here. Yeah. is a lot more enjoyable, but um, you you had to really change uh, a lot of who you were running wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I did. I mean, and you know, the the only year I made nationals was the only year I didn't do cross country. And I think I just had a little bit more speed underneath me that, that one year and was able to focus a little bit more on 1500. But at the same time, uh, I was, I was always focused on the task at hand. I wasn't thinking, Oh, outdoor track. Uh, when it was cross country season, I was focused on cross country and, and helping the team. And I wanted to be the, I always had big dreams and big, big visions and I always wanted to contribute to the team. And so that was like, yeah, I never, I never was like, oh, I'm sacrificing my my track career for cross country um, because I just I wanted to be part of the team. And I think it was just being around those guys is, was so important. So it was a shift. It definitely put me outside of my uh, comfort zone. Tempos, man, I didn't I never liked tempos, ever liked tempos that I was a middle distance guy running tempos like start fast and dead. And now as a coach, I'm always we just had a tempo the other day and, and some of my middle distance guys, you know, it was like 15 minute tempo for them. It wasn't much, but they started like fast and then ended a lot slower. And I told them, I was like, you guys are running it like middle distance runners. Like you got to learn how to run it like a distance yeah. guy. Uh, so learn from me. <laughs> yep. But I think also it's important for me. Like I know my strengths, I know my weaknesses. And as a coach, I always want to play to my strengths, but work on my weaknesses. And as an athlete, that's what I was doing in cross country. Um, I was working on my weakness and that was tempos and, and that base and that strength stuff. And so it was a, that was a, it was a stretch for me certainly as an athlete, but it, it definitely helped me. And I'm so glad I, I, I did it because it's, it's huge to have that base come track season. Well, two, two, two years ago, you uh, ran your first marathon and, uh, <laughs> And so you showed you could do it and you broke two qualifying for Boston. So yeah, yeah. Uh, you showed uh, the old dog can learn new tricks. Here. Yeah. You know that the marathon I did was a one mile loop over and over again. Too. Oh, is it really? <laughs> yeah, it was. Oh, and no. uh, the most, that I was ever... what you needed. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. I could, I'm such a social person. And so I could see like my wife and, and my kid and everything, like every mile and wave and, and have a good time. And I actually did it with two really good friends um, who've run great marathons. I think 221 is one, one of them's running a 221 marathon and the other one has run, uh, I think, sub 240s. And so they were right there with me every loop and we ran it together and they paced me. But yeah, I, I mean, I only ever got up to like 55 miles, I think one week, oh, that whole marathon training phase, because my niece that kept bothering me, and I was worried about it. But that was like, I did a long run, like at 645, 635 pace uh, a week before, uh, or two weeks before, and uh, at 18 miles at that. And I was like, oh, that was tough. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do this marathon. I did that marathon at like 626 pace and it was the one of the easiest long runs I've ever done. It was because uh, I think wow. I had people there, but yeah, just having those, those guys there running with me and everything. And they're holding me back most of the race because they knew I'd get out too fast. And so, uh, 
so they just they just walked me through it and it was just a pretty chill marathon it, we felt like Forrest Gump at one point because we were running and we were just talking having a good time and we were just running our pace like we were really consistent with our pace and we looked behind us and there's like 10 people just really quiet r- running behind us like right on us we're trying to like you know because we were just setting the setting the pace throughout the race and so uh yeah it was it was really funny so we're like oh okay well we kind of felt bad too because we were like joking off joking around like most of the time and they're like really serious behind us we're like oh like well maybe this will keep it lighthearted. i don't know maybe this is good for them or we don't know but we had a we had a great time doing it and i don't know i'll probably were do a marathon in yeah. then were you blocking the path too or no no there was plenty of room they were just like okay. uh they were just wanting to run our pace you know that was it like they had a goal that they wanted to run and so they and they knew what pace we were running so they were just locked in on us and uh but we we didn't really know that until we looked looked around looked behind us like oh okay we got we actually got a quite we got a little following right here um fast marathon then yeah 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 most of them were half marathon people but we're looking at doing i mean i i bought running boston is is one of my goals i've always wanted to run the boston marathon i don't want to race the boston marathon i want to run it i want to enjoy it i want to take it in (laughs) i don't but uh and so that was the goal was to qualify for Boston, but then obviously COVID hit and, and canceled yeah. that. So I'll, I'll probably have to do it again someday. Um, yeah. And I definitely run with my athletes. I try and stay in shape. Uh, I like to run like a sub 60 second at the end of some of their workouts, just to be like, Hey, listen, you guys can still do it. You know, like, <laughs> and, and I call it the celebratory 60 when they have a good workout. I'm like, all right, boys, I'm going to hurt for you. I'm going to do a celebratory 60 for you guys. And, they always try and guess what I'm going to run it in. <laughs> so, do you still do you still jump into races? I don't. Well, I did, actually, you know what? I did my first steeplechase last year, uh, and so I shouldn't. And I I do pace every now and then. Like I I did a did some pacing for my guys uh, in a 5K, um, and they ran great. I mean, we had a, a freshman run 14:18 and another freshman run 14:24 on the guys' side. So I'll, I'll pace and then I'll. I'll race pace. I'll jump. Like I've never done a steeplechase before. And I had some guys who were doing it and I wanted to run a little bit quicker. So I was like, Hey, I'm going to hop in this race and just pace you guys. And then I was like, and then I'll, I'll probably finish it out as well. So yeah, I'll still hop in. <laughs> so uh, I wanted to get back to, to Charles city and kind of the special uh, magic that that city has. Um, <laughs> you are, you already talked about, you know, the incredible, uh, uh, the 400 runners that have come through there. Um, Northern Iowa's got a couple of Charles City runners right now. Like Kiki Connell um, yeah. led the Panthers at the Hawkeye Invitational. You you let her out of your mitts here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she's broken a lot of the records by Michaela Cole. So um, yeah. what's the what's the tradition about Charles City and running? What's the, what's what's special about that? You know, every good program is bit built on such a great culture, and um, and Coach Rommeler, man, he is such a good coach. His wife now is coaching there as well. They, there's, it's consistency. You know, that's what it is. It, it's they're consistent with their guys. They, they 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 trust the process. They're not about one hit wonders, but they slowly build, and. Uh, and that's just the the way it is. Um, and Coach Eldridge is the coach that I had uh, in track when I was there. And you know, just like there, that's how you build a program. It, it's consistency, and I think that's what makes makes it so special is that you 
you know, you're, you're running in the footsteps of greatness. You've seen people do it before you and you, you have the same coaches as them. So you believe in, in what's happening and you, you know that it can happen with you. And so, um, yeah, I remember, you know, my freshman year, I got third at state and cross country. Our team didn't even qualify for state. And I think the next three years, um, we were third every year, you know, and it's just like amazing to see once, once you see what can happen in a program, everybody starts to believe it can happen for them. And then yeah. you have coaches to reinforce that and, and, to, and to be like, Oh yeah, Isaac ran this and you're running this and, you know, and just kind of go through everything. All of a sudden you're just like, Hey, this could happen to me. And that's, that's what they do. They start, you know, that middle school program is so Im- important, um, getting kids to believe in themselves young and then, and then watching and getting connected with the older athletes as well and, and just following in footsteps. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a great, it's just, it's awesome to look back and, yeah, I definitely text Coach Robin or talk to him every now and then. And um, okay. I want to I want to be still connected, you know, as much as I can as a Division One coach. There's definitely a lot of limitations there, but uh, but if I can encourage him and encourage the team, I definitely want to do that. So you got your eye on the on the Charles City talent still. Oh yeah, you, yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. How yeah. often? How often do you get back to Iowa then? Um, yeah, we get back about twice a year. We always try and get back in the okay. summer. Um, and we always go back for Christmas is, is always the plan there. And if we can sneak in another visit, we definitely will. Um, but uh, twice a year, it's, it's tough now with a, we have a one-year-old and driving 16 hours is just not really possible. It takes more like 24 or 32 hours. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, that's but, Asher, your son, the one-year-old. Yep. Yep. Asher's that's our son. Yeah. Eden, our yep. daughter, she's a champ. She'll, she can drive all day, every day. She loves, she loves trips, but Asher. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's not there yet. So, but in COVID obviously impacted that a little bit as well. I'm um, being able to go back home as much, but we got back home for Christmas and, uh, and that was a blessing, but this summer we, we weren't able to get back home and that's large part of, yeah, COVID and also my new responsibilities as a head coach and just knowing it was going to take a lot more time and investment throughout the summer. How did that uh, come on, come about? You you got the head coaching job uh, this summer. Um, how did how did that end up happening? Yeah, I think uh, I think just the the goal of building this this program with consistency uh, and and having that one point person. Um, that is going to be that person to, to bridge and do consistency. So we had um, Rebecca Ricksecker on the girl side. She did such a good job of building this program. Then we had Rachel Johnson, um, who did an awesome job of taking this team to nationals and making them believe in themselves. And she was a national talent herself, an ASICs professional runner. And throughout that transition, though, I was really more connected with the girls program, you know, recruited Marie uh, throughout that transition and, and tried to keep the ball rolling on the girl side. Um, but then we just had a, a great women's coach and now we have, uh, and so with the transition of another women's coach, which now we have Heather Zeeland, who was a national champion for us um, doing the women's side. I think they're just, they're like, Hey, let's, let's set a head coach over this program. That way the girls and the guys can have confidence that there's continuity throughout, right? Like that. It's not just like, one assistant coach for one, but we're doing a new assistant coach for the other. And, you know, what's this program going to look like? How's it going to change? But that I could stay here and be like, Hey, we're going to do a lot of the things the same way we've always been doing them. You're not going to see a lot of changes. Um, and we're going to keep moving forward and, and have consistency and continuity throughout these programs, even throughout the transition. So that's, I think that's really how it came, came up, 
came apart. And, uh, you know, Coach Bingham came here from Abilene Christian. Uh, we worked together before um, as student athlete, and I'm just thankful he, he got to see a season with us. And, um, yeah, he he's, he's still instrumental in this. I mean, he's the director of cross country. He's still very instrumental. I still need his help a ton, and it's a blessing to have somebody still over me that I can, I can lean on, um, and, uh, and direct. So it's like, we have a lot of, a lot of hands on this cross country program, but yeah, it's just building that consistency and and making sure people know like, Hey, there's, there's going to be here a long time. And that's, and that's the thing with coach Heather. That's why we hired her. She was connected to this program. Um, we believe this is a, a long, a long-term solution to a short-term problem with, uh, and the girl side. And we wanted to get somebody on the girls program that was going to build it for the next 10, 15 years. And, uh, yeah. and, and that's, we're both me and coach Heather are both doing our dream jobs. You know, we don't want to, we love coaching, but we love discipling and, and having that Christian Christian atmosphere. And there's not many places you can do that on the NCAA division one level and really have that influence um, and, and, and have that biblical perspective. And so this yeah. is a, a unique place to do that and the facilities and everything this is our alma mater, but now it's like, we have some of the best facilities in the nation as well. So it's like, we believe yeah, that we really can, yeah, yeah, we looking at your website and you, you certainly do. Yeah. So we believe we can be that, you know, national powerhouse for, for Christian kids that they, they can come and, and grow and, but also have all the resources and facilities that they need to, to be the best that they can be. And as you've said, uh, guys like Sam Jalinga have uh, started the path rolling for for future uh, runners there, uh, yep. future flames, and it's really mm-hmm. worked for you. I mean, yeah. uh, you, the tradition, like you said, it's really working. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what I tell kids all the time in, in the recruiting process is like, hey, when you run these trails, you have to know that you can be one of the best in the nation because you're just running in the footsteps of kids who've already done it. You know, we know what we have here can create some of the best runners in the nation because it has before, and it's created the best 10 K runner ever in NCAA history, you know, with, with a Sam Trelanga. So it's like, Hey, we know, we know what we have works and now it's just getting kids to, to believe in that and, uh, and have the talent to make it happen, follow in those footsteps. Well, have a great uh, cross-country season, Isaac. It's been just a pleasure talking with you. This has been fantastic. Uh, sharing some of your great stories of, of recruiting the Hostetlers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Lance, I, I appreciate it so much, for sure. And taking, you know, just the time and effort to do something like this on a consistent basis is a, is a blessing. Um, and so I really want to say thank you for, for what you're doing and making people feel you know, in the running community special and connected and thank you for what you're doing for Iowa track and field. Uh, it's, well, uh, it's, it's a joyful really endeavor for me, joyful endeavor for me. And, and, uh, I really, uh, really enjoy these conversations. So yeah, uh, it's the least I can do. Well, thanks a lot, Isaac. Yep. Oh, and Lance, don't, don't let me miss out on any more Iowa talent. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have me on speed dial, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly yeah for real if i'm if i'm missing them i need i need some help so 